call is now being recorded. We are SC Recruiting Podcast. Gary Pasquitz joined by Randy Taylor from National Preps. And uh, Randy, we're getting down to the uh, the end of this part of the season before the mad dash for the February signing day. But we've got state playoff games. We've got official visits this weekend. Um, we've got the early signing period next week. Let's uh, let's get off start start off talking about these uh, official visits uh, coming up this weekend. Um, you've got two of the biggest trenches guys in the country uh, yeah. coming up with Jackson Carmen on the offensive side of the ball, Caleb Tremblay on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, give us your thoughts on both those guys right now. Well, Tremblay, you know, the JC kid from American River is a mature kid. He's a really, really talented, probably, if not the best, one of the best junior college defensive players uh, to come in. And they're competing against him. Everybody in the world, Colorado, he's visited Washington, he's visited, he's been offered by Alabama and Georgia, 6'5", 280. I mean, just, you know, a, a guy that could probably come in and compete early. And, and that's that's why J.C. guys are always coveted, is that opportunity to play early. So uh, a big one there. And then the old lineman, uh, we've talked a lot about Jackson Carmen, mm-hmm. the kid out of Fairfield, Ohio. and. And so you got to be Ohio State and Clemson if Clemson is still in the game, which people think he is. But but it's really Ohio State, USC, and maybe he'll just wait for the the game and decide whoever wins. He he, he says he's going to sign next week, and you always love having that last visit when it's right there. Yeah. But yeah, that's you you do bring up an interesting point. I mean, it's, these are the two schools you are primarily looking at playing each other. That that is interesting. But I think the Tremblay kid. Uh, Randy, this is the one that's really interesting me right now because you have some very good depth coming back next year along the interior. Maybe if Rasheem Green goes, that hurts you a little bit, no doubt about it. But, boy, the thought to add a good-sized guy with what really impresses me about Caleb is his motor. Uh, for yeah. a big guy, this guy goes hard. Yeah, and, and, you know, we've talked a lot about the positions you can't have too many, you know, runners and, and D-tackles and at D-linemen. So, uh, and real old linemen, but, but D linemen are so hard to find. And he is, like you said, he's got that motor. He's a big body guy. It, you know, it's hard to not take a guy. We were talking about the other uh, D linemen that are already coming. And, and this guy, uh, just, you know, adds to that. And, and again, play, could play early. Right. Right. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what those guys, like you say, will they sign next week? We're hearing a couple more names uh, for the Trojans who will sign early. Justin Dedich, uh, Raymond Scott announcing that he will uh, that he will sign early next week, and then the Kainai Mauga from Hawaii also saying he will sign early. Yeah, I think those are you know it, 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 there now you're done right, and, mm-hmm. and Dedich was kind of always done, uh, you know. Just the way he is. I haven't talked as much to Scott and, and not at all to uh, Kanaya Maga. But I, I think, now no, I don't know, is, will Maga be able to come in early? Yeah, I don't think you're necessarily saying you're coming in at that They're point early. I have early. not heard yeah. for him. Yeah, just signing early. My thought was, boy, it'd be nice if he's a guy that could come in early just to adjust to that, uh, uh, you know, environment from Hawaii to Wyoming High School to, to, LA and the USC. Uh, but, but either way, that's three guys, two linebackers in your center, uh, that you've got, 
and then, you know, that's why this is such a crazy time with that early signing. Now everything else is up for grabs. You know, it's it's kind of back to where you were with the commitments. But right. none of the commitments mean as much as they used to because of the early signing. That makes sense. But now these ones do. Uh, yeah. And, and, and I'm, I'm sure there will be names added in the next week. Uh, of guys that are also going to be signing in this early period. So like you say, it's just going to be uh, kind of fascinating to, to see how it goes. Yeah, you kind of have to get them to elope, you know. You, you're, you always <laughs> get to the marriage, you know, the dating and the marriage thing and recruiting. You know, you, you're not not signed until you sign or married until you get married. And, and so uh, you're trying to talk some of these kids into uh, getting married early. And, and let's get this done, and you know I love you. Let's let's move on. <laughs> and I was glad to see uh, I was glad to see Raymond Scott on that list. There had been some rumblings, you know. Hey, how many linebackers is is SC going to take? You know, would he be one of the ones who ends up making it? I've always hoped he would end up in this class. I like the kid a lot, um, yeah. and so I'm glad to hear that he will be signing. Uh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, good stuff. stuff. Yeah, it's those are three good ones to get. You know, the more you get, the better Agreed. off you are. So uh, agreed. It's it's like it's better than having none. There's going to be a lot exactly. of them that don't have any. So it'll be okay. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk some of these state playoff games. Uh, I know you were out last week at uh, Oaks Christian versus Helix, and uh, yeah, T- T- Taylor Stewart, a kid who was interesting. He's saying now that he's been pretty sick for about a week, so he apparently played that game uh, uh, under an illness. But uh, what, what what did you think with getting a, a first hand look in that scenario with Isaac Taylor Stewart? Well, he's he's such a talented kid, uh, and I don't think he's had the season as far as, you know, he's had been dinged up a little bit, and then he wasn't feeling well, but I tell you this, he had a huge catch and a run in a key, you know, second half for Helix, uh, so, uh, you know, he, he did what he needed to do to, to be a part of that that win. He's so talented, and sometimes when you get a kid with that talent, you expect them to be more than just a teenage kid and a high school mm-hmm. kid. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, there's there's the the uh, uh, feeling that well, maybe he's not trying as hard. Well, maybe he is. Maybe he's just a, a young guy that's going through a lot of, and is dinged up. And and so, uh, I always kind of cut those guys some slack, especially if they're really talented. Right, and it'll be interesting so. to see. Hey, he'll, he'll have another chance in a high-profile game against Folsom. That's for sure. Hey, let me ask yeah, you, what do you think of uh, Rashad Scott? On the other I love side him. Of him. I, I, he's the most productive of all of their DBs. And he's he is he plays receiver. He plays defensive back. Uh, I really, you know, he's a good size. He's a versatile corner. Could play safety, wide receiver. He also had a huge. Uh, interception for a touchdown in that game, mm-hmm. second half of that game against uh, Oaks. And, you know, the Oaks had some quarterback issues that that that, uh, sure. that game would sure. hurt him. But um, Scott's one of my favorite players. Uh, he's going to San, committed to San Diego State, and uh, I'm sure they're hoping to get him to sign early because there's quite a, lot <laughs> right. of, a lot of schools still kind of picking away at him. And if they didn't know him, uh, if they didn't know him before last weekend, like you say, a pick six in that game uh, that was on TV, they 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 know him now. Yeah, and and he's been the guy all year. He's got probably twice the picks that uh, Isaac Mm -hmm. has, and 
and has just been been one of those guys that is is overlooked sometimes because of the the huge possible Sunday talent on the other corner. Exactly. Let's uh, let's talk about a couple of Oaks kids. Uh, what were your impressions of Thibodeau? Well, again, here's a kid that has such unbelievable talent. Now, the one thing Elix did is they kept him off the QB for the most part, you know, mm-hmm. but he is a disruptive kid. And, and you watch him play, and he's still a youngster, but he has such a uh, – he's a grown-up on the football field. You know, he's making tackles, but at the same time, he's reaching for the football. And he is is always ball hawking. And, you know, he's he's just a young guy that has a long way to go uh, mentally, uh, probably not physically. He's a guy that no. you would take right now, and he's probably another one of those guys that if he doesn't screw it up, plays on Sunday. He, he's right. a tremendous, and he's a really good kid, a good student. I was talking to the coaches at Oaks before the game, and he's fit in really well there, transferring from Dorsey, and, and just has been uh, everything they wanted him to be and, and more uh, out there in uh, Westlake Village. And he's he's one of those guys. It doesn't take you long to walk out there and figure out which one is Kayvon Thibodeau. Like you say, physically, he. Uh, oh no, he could be. He could do that to you. You know, walking on a college field too. Yeah. He's just you yeah. know he's a six five ish or whatever size he is, long armed, athletic looking kid. He's one of those guys you have to walk off the bus first. Exactly. And uh, really talented. Let me ask you about a couple other guys, uh, a couple juniors. Uh, Josh Calvert, I know he's got an, a Notre Dame offer as a linebacker, and he was the quarterback who got hurt first, uh, but had led their recent surge at the end of the season as a quarterback. Um, is Josh Calvert a guy uh, who could be an SC-level linebacker in your eyes? Well, you know, he's di- different than his brother because right now mm-hmm. he's not as big. Does he get that height? You know, we don't know yet. Uh, he's really a good football player, a good linebacker. Obviously, he's not going to play quarterback. But he'll if he doesn't go to SC, if they don't recruit him, he'll play against him. Obviously, mm-hmm. Notre Dame likes him and has uh, has offered him. Uh, that doesn't mean everything, you know. Uh, but he is uh, he's a Pac-12 player and right. uh, will be very, very productive. And, and it kind of just depends on uh, how he continues to grow and develop. He's he's really sure. a good ball hawk and just a football and, uh, player. Yeah, really good football player. Yeah, let Absolutely. me ask you about he, the, he would help the Trojans. I hear you. Let me ask you, a, a guy who's grown on me. The more I see him, is Carbonet. Yeah, he's running a talented. Back. Yeah, he's a running back. He could probably play some safety because he runs pretty well. Uh, but he is uh, has really good size too. He, they list him at six two. He's probably not six two. He's probably six one ish and mm-hmm. a couple hundred pounds. But he's a athletic, tough, hard nosed kid. I don't know if he's a running back, uh, you know, at, at the next level. Uh, but he sure is a guy that is a, one of those like you, like Josh. He's a good football player, and he can do a lot. And he'll play in the Pac twelve. Right and uh, or at that level, so he's going to be one of those guys you either take him and I I take him because I think he could do a lot of things and he's still young, so you got to see how he develops. Right, but but he'll he'll compete against you and and uh, whoever you are and and you'll be thinking, man, I wish I took that kid. Right. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's talk about that open division game, modern day De La Salle. Um, we've talked a lot about the modern day kids and and they've delivered this year. 
Yeah, they, yeah. they, they truly did. Um, let's talk about some of these De La Salle kids. We, we've talked about Tuli a little bit. Uh, I think it's going to be a great chance for USC fans. He did not take part in a lot of the the combine circuit, so not a lot of people have seen a lot of him. What a great environment to see him in going up against this modern-day offense. But but I am just as anxious, anxious to see to o o to o uh, at linebacker, and uh, let's see what Isaiah Foskey brings at uh, at tight end. Yeah, they, they are. It's not like they're short of talented kids. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they've got uh, uh, Jesse Wilson as a 2019 uh, linebacker, uh, Jackson Walsh. They, I mean, I love Henry Tooto. Uh, right. He is, can play running back. He can play linebacker. Uh, so they have a lot of talent. You mentioned Foskey and. The, the guy that's going to have to be huge for them is the is the running back. Uh, he's not a Kyrie Robinson's a senior. Mm-hmm. He's not a big guy, five uh, nine ish, but he's really quick. Uh, he's a talented kid. Can they block for him against uh, you know modern days defensive line and linebackers and and all the athletes they have? I I believe that modern day should win this and, and maybe pretty easily. I don't think they match up real well. Uh, Davis Sell is going to have to rely on running the ball for the most part. They've got a, a probably a, a, an FCS D2 type quarterback and Andrew Jones and then shoot everybody else plays quarterback for that team too. So, so running the ball is going to be big for them. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a tough, a tough matchup. I was looking at stats again and 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 they, I only saw like a, not their whole stats, but they're averaging 95 yards per game throwing the ball and 257 running it. Okay, so you can see where their their strengths are. Modern day is they're 285 a game passing and 163 rushing, and so right. you kind of see. Uh, I don't know if if Dale Sal has enough defensive backs. To, to cover these guys, mm-hmm. and, and that's I think what what's going to be the difference. And, and can they, you know, can can uh, uh, modern day block, you know, let you look at Sanoa, you know, I've been practicing that name by the way. There you then you did a very good job. Thank you so much. But, you know, but so uh, can they handle him? You know, Foskey can play some defensive end as well. They've mm-hmm. got athletes. You know, do they get to JT Daniels, and and so uh, and, and I think JT will have an opportunity maybe to get outside the pocket and show a lot of his other skills. So I I, I would I, I, maybe you would bet the farm on modern day on this. And that's with uh, you know it's funny for those of us who were around when these teams met up uh, three times uh, in the late '90s and in 2000. Um, that's when De La Salle was in the middle of their streak, and they had an aura about them. Um, yeah. I don't know if that aura is still there. They are still a very good football team. Um, and a great program. And, uh, great Justin, program. Yeah, Justin Almba has done a great job with that program as well. They're maintaining a lot of the things. I think the team that they've had in the past, but I think the team with a, a presence now is modern day. I, yeah, I, I agree with you. There's going to be an awe of modern day when when they come and walk out and, and see Solo and some of those other guys that are running around and all the receivers who are, are you know, most of them are Pac-12 or, or elite players. So it's it's going to be uh, – it, it'll be fun. And I think up in Sacramento, I don't 
know what the weather is, but uh shouldn't be too bad. I really think it, it'll be a heck of a, a game for modern day. And if uh, if De La Salle is close or somehow, you know, you never know what happens. But if they somehow pull out uh, a victory on this, it would be one of the bigger upsets that uh, I can think of. I would agree with you on that. I'm going Monarchs on this one. So, and, and obviously they are not the only ones. Uh, all these games are going to be on uh, Spectrum Sportsnet LA, which is the Dodger station. So those of you yeah. who get the Dodger station, uh, you will be able to watch these games. And not only is there this game with USC recruits everywhere, uh, but Nar- Nar- Narbonne is playing obviously with Raymond Scott, Helix with Isaac Taylor Stewart, and then Cajon with Jeremiah Martin uh, will yeah. also be there. So uh, Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of guys to watch. And then kids, you know, there's some kids at Folsom and some of these other schools that are talented kids that, that we don't see, that a lot of people don't see down here. So that'll be fun to watch too. Oh, I, I think one of these things, uh, I think one of the things that these 10, 12 years of state championships have shown, Randy, the, the people in Southern California, Northern California has gotten more than their share of wins. Yeah. I think that's probably shocked a lot of people in Southern California. Like you say, they don't see them a lot. Right. But there's obviously some good football being played up there too. Yeah, they're going to see players at Pittsburgh and some young players, and so that you know they'll see some. Uh, it'll be good football, and and uh, we'll see see what happens. It's a great time of year, isn't it? It, it is. So let's uh, let's get to the Taylor topic of the week. So you know, with the, all of the uh, coaching changes, the one thing that I kind of wanted to to talk about is. It's really difficult right now. If you have a coaching change, uh, there's no telling how recruiting is going to go. It's almost like the wild, wild west. The new staffs have no boundaries. They can go recruit anybody. They can do, you know, Katie bar the door. They have nothing to lose. Go out and, and try to steal some players. But on the same token, a lot of those coaches who are from the old staff uh, are probably looking for jobs at the same time. And, and so that's kind of the difficult part about this. And, and what I wanted to, to put out there is these, you know, for all of these prospects who are picking this coach or this coach or this assistant coach or, or whoever it might be, uh, they better have a school that if the coach leaves, they, they'll want to go to. And, and so I, my biggest uh, suggestion to kids that are going to make a decision now and down the road you better be choosing the school as well so that if that coach leaves or when that coach leaves, and it's not just the head coach, it's the assistant coach, you, you better like that school and want to be there regardless. And so uh it is, like I said, it's wild, wild west time, uh December 17th, you know, five days is the uh the dead period starts again uh or starts and goes till after the coaches' convention. And so this week is is crazy. For everybody and, and those assistant coaches trying to find jobs as well as recruit and even maybe try to keep the job at the school they're at by being a great recruiter. Uh, but it's a difficult time and, and, uh, it's an interesting time and we'll see on that early signing, uh, in eight days, uh, where a lot of this shakes out. So I, I think that's interesting when you tell, you know, you're telling a kid don't, don't pick a school for a coach. And that's one of the biggest warnings you always hear to kids, and yet it's uh doesn't always get through, and you can understand that. Um, but that that's just such an old cliched warning that doesn't always get heard. 
Well, here's the thing. So you think about these assistant coaches. Their biggest job in recruiting is to develop a relationship with the right. kid they're recruiting so they can't say no, right? They want to come play for Coach Baxter or right. Coach Bradford or who the you know whoever whatever UCLA guys or whatever coaches that are have all changed Texas A&M coaches, but they may not be there. All of the relationships they've built during this time, they may be going to somewhere else. And so that also impacts the signing. Do I sign on the 20th or can I wait till February? Maybe I want to go with this coach from uh, A&M who's now going to another school because I mm-hmm. love this guy. I want to play mm-hmm. for this guy. So all of that stuff comes into play and, and uh, the relationships and all that stuff that, that uh, is just a tool to get a kid to come to school, but but in essence becomes reality because the coaches feel it too. The coaches yeah. get to love these kids. And so it's really kind of a weird process we go through. It is, and like you say, we're, we're going to find out so much this year in this early signing period um, how this is going to work and which ways it works because we don't know. Yeah. We, yeah. we don't know right now. Are we going to have uh, – I can't wait for the early signing hat ceremonies. I don't even. How will that work? <laughs> Are you gonna? What if you decide? Okay, so this great player is gonna have a, a, a press conference on the twentieth, uh-huh. and, and instead of picking hats, he's gonna decide to sign or not. <laughs> You're saying that in jest, Randy? But uh... <laughs> there might be there might be some that say, okay, I'm, I'm just gonna stay committed. I'm not gonna sign. I'll see you in February. I'll see you in February. Who <laughs> yeah, knows? And, and I'll bring the process continues. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's watch some good football this weekend, and we'll we'll talk about it next week. But let's have It'll a good one. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week, Randy. All right. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, man.